I don't know if there is a more progressive community, you know, maybe somewhere in California or something like that, or somewhere up north in Vermont or Maine. But when it comes to environmental causes, the reason why we've been so successful is because of Howard County. I mean, that's just the truth of it. We have a county that cares about what we do. We have a executive office that supports the environment. And that's reflected in the residents' actions, right? That's why we've gotten more uptick in our donation. That's why we've gotten more volunteers. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know what we do is easier because we're in Howard County and we have like-minded individuals living here. So we're very lucky for where we are. Hello, and welcome to Green Dragon, a monthly show where we talk about green initiatives in Maryland and Howard County ongoing sustainability efforts at Howard Community College, and ideas and ways for you to be more sustainable at home. I'm Bob Marietta, HCC's Environmental Health and Safety Supervisor, and I thank you for watching today. My guest today is Freddie Strayano from a small business in Howard County called Upcycled. So Freddie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. Looking forward to it. This is gonna be fun. So, Freddie, I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about what upcycling is and how it's different from recycling that we're all familiar with. Yeah, they're pretty similar. So recycling is taking an item, item and then giving it a purpose that is similar to what it was. Upcycling is taking something and giving it like a new purpose. So when you see like a pallet of wood and then someone goes and makes a coffee table out of that, that would be upcycling. There is a lot of debate in the community of where the line is drawn because they are very similar. We call our process upcycling because we take single-use plastic and actually turn them into um, long-term plastics. So we see that as improving the product, which is why we call it upcycling. So I guess that's what they mean by that middle R and reuse from the reduce, reuse, and recycle jingle that we have heard so often from uh, Sesame Street. It's almost like repurpose instead of reuse when you talk about upcycling, right? Like that R kind of changes a little bit. Ah, there you go. I like that. So yeah. what does your company, Upcycled, do to help with reusing and upcycling? Yeah, so we are a nonprofit based out of Howard County, and we collect single-use plastics from local points in the community. We have a donation site at Freetown Farm and a donation site at Savage Mill Foundation. Both are postponed right now, just through the winter time. They'll be back up in the spring. And we collect single-use plastics from community members and we then shred that down, melt it, and turn it into two-by-fours. And with the two-by-fours, we build garden beds and benches that we donate to schools like Howard Community College. Yeah, we love the one that we have here. It's uh, right at the beginning of our pollinator trail. And so people take, make great use of it. Now, Freddie, I know that not all plastic is suitable for upcycling like you do, but what kinds do you use and why do you use those? So we stick to the sturdier plastics and the ones that are a little safer to melt with the lower melting temps and that are typically BPA free. So that limits us to polypropylene and high density polyethylene. If you look on the back of a plastic container, you'll see the number five or the number two. Number five is polypropylene. Number two is high-density polyethylene. Can you give us a little explanation of the different kinds of plastic and what do all those oh, arrow sure. symbols and numbers mean? 
For sure. So each number is associated with a different type of plastic. So number ones are your water bottles, your polyethylenes. Uh, we can't use those. They're a little bit too malleable, kind of jam up, jam up our shredder and aren't the strongest for using two by fours. Number two, the high density polyethylene. Those are a lot of cleaning supplies. So laundry detergents, shampoo bottles. They have a little more, they have been to them, but they're also very strong as well. We all then jump to number four, which is LDPE, are your plastic bags. We've started to work with them, but before we can use LDPE, we have to densify it, which is just a machine to make it a denser plastic, almost turning it into number two or the high density. And the last type we use is number five, which is the polypropylene. And that's mostly food grade items. Anything you get from a restaurant in a takeout container, butter, things like that but not the juices. Juices stay with the polyethylene, which is the number one. Wow. So what do all those other numbers mean? So we got polystyrene is number six. That is like your red cup, red solo cups. There is a, uh, she was a student at John Hopkins, but there's a student who, uh, ex-student or alumni who actually makes clothing out of the solo cups, which is an awesome project as well. PVC, I believe is number three. PVC has a very high toxicity, so we don't use PVC. And then number seven is left for others. That is kind of like a composite plastic when they use a little bit of different types. And we stick away from that. Also, ABS is another one. ABS is what you'll find like the old Legos. You'll also find it in some HVAC equipment. That is very dangerous for us to recycle, so we very stay very far away from ABS. So who came up with all these different numbers and the arrow symbols and stuff. Where, why is this so confusing? I couldn't tell you where the arrows come from, but what I could tell you is where we get our knowledge from. So we are part of the Precious Plastics community. That is a larger nonprofit from the Netherlands. And they spent so much time, money, and effort on building the process that we follow. So the machines we use are from an open source community. The data that I am spewing back at you I've learned from Precious Plastics, anyone who is trying to get more involved in recycling and upcycling should start at Precious Plastics. They are a wonderful organization. We are one of many. We are one of the few in America and even one of the fewer on the East Coast, though. Wow. You mentioned two-by-fours. Is that the basic product that Upcycle produces? Yeah, so we standardize it by a kit. So we make things out of the two by fours, but right now what we're doing is we're making two by fours to build benches and garden beds, even some picnic tables. We have just purchased and waiting for the arrival of a new like cinder block mold. With that, we're hoping to eventually get to emergency shelters. We'll probably start with probably a project for like dog shelters or an outdoor shed. I don't know if the community college needs a shed. But we'll probably start with something like that with the brick mold first and kind of progress from there. Yeah, if you need a, a test place to uh, build a shed, I think we'd, we'd love to have one. That sounds exciting. You've built several different things, I know. But what's your personal favorite thing to build? So me and Orlando, Orlando is my co-founder and partner, and we built a toddler shorty bench with a back. It's about nine inches tall in the front and maybe 16 inches tall in the back. It was donated to the United Way Family Center right behind Home Depot in Columbia. It's a new school for toddlers. And yeah, it was super cool. They're like 40 pounds a piece. They're really cute. That sounds neat. 
So where can people see all the different things that you've built? Yeah, so we're we should we're hoping to get an updated list on our website of all the different locations, but I can definitely run off a few right now. They are all in Howard County and they are all education-based facilities. We have them at HCC on the Pollinator Trail. We also have it across the street at the Montessori School and then as well at Freetown Farm with the Community College Institute, Oakland Mills High School, Oakland Mills Middle School, Running Brook Elementary School. Longfellow Elementary School, Swansfield Elementary School, Phelps Luck. I'll send a list instead of running off all, all the locations. But right now we have 20 structures installed at 19 locations across Howard County. Wow. It sounds like you're really making an effort to get them out where people can see them. So what's your message that goes along with these? Yeah. So the goal is to be is to see a tangible result, right? So Recycling, as you mentioned, is a hard concept, not only to understand, but also to see visually because, you know, you'll buy things that say they're recycled, but you don't actually see it in action. You throw things in the blue bin and you're not sure what happens. So we thought the biggest impact was to have the community members actually see it, be able to touch it and use it. And that's the way we went about everything. That's great. So I know folks are going to want to know what can they do to get their own benches? In front of their organization. So we're close. We're really close. So something super exciting, and we can ask everybody to kind of pull for us and hope this comes to fruition. But we're in the process of obtaining funding and leasing a warehouse. The warehouse will have three components to it. The first is an education class for Howard County Public Schools. It will be offered to the high schools first, where high school students will be offered a chance to kind of come out learn our process, and they'll actually leave with a bench that they can donate to their school. We'll offer something very similar to residents of all ages as well. And we'll also have an internship program where the interns will be able to build something to donate. We're not going to open up for sales right away, but you'll be able to pick a site where the bench or table could be donated to. So where's the funding coming from for all this, Freddie? So to start, we got, we've, we've gotten a lot of love from Howard County. We apply for a lot of project-based grants or grant-based projects, however you want to say it. United Way was a big help. BG&E, Exelon, has also supported. And then, like I said, Howard County, Live Green Foundation, Howard County Executive Office. And we've recently gotten some funding from Lush Cosmetics, which was super cool. They're a Canadian soap company and cosmetic company that practices eco-friendly techniques and testing. And we're hoping for the Chesapeake Bay Trust to come through with some additional funding soon. That sounds great. So, Freddie, I know you grew up, went to school in Howard County. So was there any particular course or teacher or activity that you did in high school or at community college that led you to founding UpCycle? Yeah, so it's going to be two random ones for you, Bob. They're going to be a little little out there. So one of my jobs I had in high school – I worked at tire shop called Roll Right Tires on Route 1. It doesn't exist anymore, but uh, Route 1 at Whiskey Bottom. And the guy who owned it was a friend of mine's dad, and he used to recycle tires. And he would recycle them into the rubber. And that was probably my first, you know, fit interaction with it. And then I worked for, um, I think everybody here knows Jason. Gen- well, me, I think, Bob, I think you know Jason Gennati. Jason yeah. is a um, part of the economic development team. But before that, he ran a company called Green Knew It. I was a member of that team, and I was in charge of the recycling. So all the cardboard boxes, all the light bulbs, things like that, and kind of sparked an interest there. And that, I will say those were like my first two instances. And then me and Orlando started doing trail cleanups, and that's where it all kind of came together. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about how the trail cleanups, how does that relate to all this? 
Yeah, so before we ran Upcycle, Orlando and myself ran a company where we did events at local venues, and then we would donate profits from thus at events to local nonprofits. One of the events we did was a trail cleanup, and then after doing the trail cleanup, we kind of fell in love with it, and we pivoted, and we started to make these. This is a uh, money clip bottle opener bow tie. It was to keep classy, you know, keep have some class, pick up your trash, and for each one we sold, we picked up one pound of trash. After like, you know, multiple trips to the landfill, we figured there was a better thing to do than just to throw all this trash, you know, in the landfill. So Orlando started looking, finding ways to recycle and upcycle and came across precious plastics. So as we've grown, we've just kind of kept the trail cleanup as part of our initiative because without that, we never would have gotten started. So are you still doing the bow ties? I know I've got one around here somewhere. Yeah, you have it from the Green Fest. It was a prize yeah. that Gina Bobomo offered. Yeah, that was so funny. That was the first time I've uh, dealt with Green Fest. But no, we don't sell them. I do have a couple left. So if you want some, Bob, let me know. We have some okay. lying around somewhere. I think that might be something we should get the uh, county executive and uh, maybe the president of the college to wear at uh, some event we've got coming up. Be a good way to promote it. So what advice would you have yeah, that'd be fun. you in Orlando for students in Howard County today that are considering their future and the conditions they see in the world around them today? That's a tough one to answer. The thing I would say is that every little bit helps to make an impact in this world. We don't need everyone to be perfect. We just need everyone to make an effort. So even if that means someone who doesn't recycle, putting 5% of their things in the bin, it's a start. So, you know, that one piece of trash you walk by on a pollinator trail is worth picking up just because it's that one piece, even though there's a ton more and we all know that and there's a ton more. But I feel like that mentality of the fact that there is so much out there, so why does this matter, takes over. And I don't think it should because nothing will get done that way. So you may think this is a little corny, but I wanted to talk to you about benchmarks. So have you compiled yeah. <laughs> any data as to how, what impact are you having when you do your uh, trail cleanups? Are you finding less? Are your benches making a mark? And uh, can you tell yet? I know they're going to in the future, but can you see any impact of what you're doing so far? It's interesting. Yeah, we see it in different areas. So we were able to double our amount recycled or upcycled this year. So we saw a uptick in community engagement, you know, going from 1,000 pounds upcycled to doing over 2,000 pounds this year. And we still have about 2,000 pounds sitting in our, in our barn waiting to get processed. So, I mean, it's amazing. We've, the community, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Community engagement that we've seen from everyone and all the residents in the area. When it comes to trail cleanups, we have not seen the impact that we wanted. We had a project, the Savage Mill Trail, where we did three cleanups. We saw a decrease across the first two, but then the third one actually was the most out of all of them. That was timed after a holiday. So we have a few board members. And as a note, a lot of our board members are also Howard County graduates. We kind of kept the project close to our heart and kept people that we knew that cared about our community involved. So we have a few board members working with some county representatives and going to be working with the Parks and Rec soon to implement strategies. The trail cleanups just aren't enough. We need to 
Add to that with some signage, some change in mentality for the residents, maybe through some advertisements, things like that. And honestly, just some additional trash cans. Uh, a lot of it seems to be people like things that are easy. So if we make it easier for them, it'll be more likely for people to participate. Wow. So you mentioned community groups. What groups are you are you working with already? So we've done some things with some Girl Scout troops. Uh, they're wonderful. We work with the Conservancy. We're also mentoring a group from the Youth Climate Institute from the Conservancy this spring. And then Freetown Farm is a really big partner of ours with the Ecology Institute. And then we have our own volunteer services. So you're welcome to sign up as a volunteer through our website. That will add you to our mailing list and also add you to our like VIP list where we do like, you know, volunteer events at our facility where that invite really only goes to that volunteer list. And then if it doesn't fill up, we begin to share it with everyone else, but it initially goes to anyone who offers to volunteer with us. I think that's great. I think after this, you're going to see a lot more people are going to be aware of you. They're going to want to bench and they're going to want to participate in your trail cleanup. It sort of resonates and it's an idea everybody can join in on. You and Orlando, you all stayed in, in Howard County and in Columbia. What is it about the culture of Columbia that kept you here rather than moving to a more progressive community? So I've left a few times, actually, Bob. I've come back, though. So I lived, I lived out in Denver for a bit. I've lived in Florida. I have moved around. I don't know if there is a more progressive community, you know, maybe somewhere in California or something like that, or somewhere up north in Vermont or Maine. But when it comes to environmental causes, the reason why we've been so successful is because of Howard County. I mean, that's just the truth of it. We have a county that cares about what we do. We have a executive office that supports the environment and that's reflected in the residents' actions, right? That's why we've gotten more uptick in our donations. That's why we've gotten more volunteers. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, what we do is easier because we're in Howard County and we have like-minded individuals living here. So we're very lucky for where we are. That's great to hear. Where and how did you learn to upcycle plastic bottles? I know you mentioned the one, one website, the uh, Norwegian group that you found, but that can't have been all there was to it. How did you, how did you get this started? <laughs> yeah. So it was, I mean, it was step-by-step. Step. So I think someone was mentioning it as I was coming to coming into the call about the first funding source we had, which was from the United Changemaker Challenge from the Horizon Foundation and United Way. So after we found Precious Plastics, we reached out to a good buddy of ours named Andrew Sherman. Andrew is an owner of American Bully Manufacturing. And we came to Andrew with this idea to make hammocks out of water bottles. And that kind of grew to houses out of bricks and changed everything. And then won the money from the Changemaker Challenge, put together a great presentation, and then we went back to Precious Plastics. You're not going to believe me, Bob, but most of it honestly came from Precious Plastics, from the Netherlands group. Uh, we were able to find a manufacturer in America. We bought some machines. We broke the machines. We fixed the machines. And then on a hunch, we just made a two by four. It was just that. I mean, the shredding was easy. You just, you know, drop it in the thing, the teeth eat it up. The hard part was you know, figuring out limitations and learning engineering and becoming an electrician and an engineer on the spot. So me and Orlando are qualified now to rebuild a machine. I don't know if we can build it from scratch, but if you get it, give us the parts, we can build it. 
and uh, we've rewired pretty much everything we've, we've, we've had so far. So it's been a crazy experiment, but it's been a lot of fun. So someone who heard about this podcast asked me to ask you, what's the easiest way to get labels off of plastic bottles so that you can shred them? So we can shred them with the labels on. That's the easiest way is just rinse it out. Just leave them on. If we can get them off, if it's too hard, don't worry about it. But if they want to go above and beyond vinegar, soap and water, soaking it for a few minutes overnight if you want to. But don't worry about it. Just label on is no worries at all. We've gotten to the point now where we're actually adding sawdust and other things to strengthen the plastic. So a little bit of paper is not going to hurt it. It's okay. That's good to know. Now, these days, some people are very concerned about chemicals that have been added to plastic, like uh, BPA. Should they be concerned about that in your upcycled products? No, and I'm sorry if I mumbled over it at the beginning. I have a, uh, Sometimes I don't enunciate well, but the polypropylene and the high-density polyethylene are BPA-free. That's why we use items that are graded for food and grading for cleaning supplies, or like you know shampoos and things like that. So they're not going to have – that's why we stay away from polystyrene and PVC and the areas with the more additives – the one tricky thing is sometimes, you know, things are lined with other materials or there's two types of plastic. But because we do everything by hand when it comes to sorting and separating, just talk to us. You know, if you bring it to us once and we can't take it, we'll let you know. But we're very picky about what we take. What happens to all the stuff that you can't use? The best thing we can do is bring it to the uh, recycling center at Alpha Ridge, right? We separate it into plastic, paper, things like that. And then we put it down to the proper recycling channels at the landfill. Okay. So it's not being thrown in the trash. Okay. No, never that. No. Yeah. We ask for everything is that is brought to us as in paper bags so that we can also recycle the paper bags instead of using plastic bags. So you mentioned you were looking into getting a warehouse. Is that where you're going to be making your products? And where will that be? Will that be at Freetown? So it's going to be where we do everything. So it'll be collection, drop-offs, making our products, having our classes. The idea is to have everything under one roof. We don't have a set location yet. I'm looking at a few different properties, but we're going to be tied to Howard County, obviously, and we have to be in manufacturer zoning. So most likely it'll be around Savage and Jessup, which is one of the communities we worked very closely with. Carol Baldwin Hall, the Savage Community Association and the Savage Foundation at the Savage Mill are all very good friends of ours. So if we end up in Savage, that'd be a great place for us. Cool. So where do you get most of the plastic? Can you compare the sources? I know you do the trail cleanups and people bring you plastic. Where's the biggest contributors coming from? Over 99% are contributors um, from residents. Uh, The trail cleanups are hard to distinguish types and they're kind of weathered down sometimes. So it's rather be safe you know, safe than sorry, and just separate that when we can, or separate that and then recycle what we can. But yeah, almost all of it comes from donations from residents. We've had a great support system through schools. So um, Phelps Luck was one of the best schools we had. They were just phenomenal. They actually collected plastic before they even got a bench. So we just, we were convinced to give them a bench after the fact of how much they got for us. But schools have been the biggest source, I would say. And to be specific, Bob, teachers, teachers have been coming through, teachers at schools. Students have been great, but the teachers have gotten so into it, and that was really cool to see. 
It's great you can actually see it. I know we're really proud of the bench you gave us that we can point it out to people and show them this is what's happening. This is where your recycling goes. If someone wanted to start yeah. collecting at their school or their church, or how, how would they go about getting started collecting for you? Yeah, it would just be to reach out via email or signing up as a volunteer through our website. Either one of those would work. And then I will get back to you and we'll set something up in a way for you to help out. Would that be the same way somebody who really wanted to get involved and learn the process and help you in the manufacturing? Yup, same thing. We'll funnel everything through that. We are going to focus the internship program of high school students, but we'll open up the volunteers as well. And um, whoever kind of asks to be a volunteer will have the first crack at it. So yeah, just make sure you sign up as a volunteer and then we'll be in touch. Well, what have I forgotten to ask you about? It's such a fascinating opportunity that you're bringing to our community. Once again, we're really showing how Howard County is special because we have individuals like you that are going to go innovate and find that next step that we can take. So what else can you think of that I should be asking you about? So the only thing I think we didn't touch on, Bob, we did a great job, asked great questions. The only thing I think we didn't touch on was me and Orlando are both HCC graduates. So we both received our associates from Howard Community College. I know you said I graduated from Oakland Mills, but I also graduated from Howard Community. So it's super cool to get back to one of the colleges I graduated from. That's really, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head, man. You know, our Instagram is wonderful. Follow us on Instagram. That's the best way to keep up with, you know, what we're doing on a daily basis. And then hopefully you'll see more of our benches around soon. I think everybody's looking forward to, to seeing them now. And they're very comfortable to sit on, too. That's I good to hear. I have to throw a plug in for that. Well, we've reached the end of our show. Thank you. Freddie, for all your input and for everything that you do, okay, it's really great to have, you know, you're like our hometown hero, okay, here in the uh, sustainability, okay, area, so we're real proud of you. As a student here from the college, we're proud of you, and I'm sure Oakland Mills is too. I'll be back next month with another guest and a sustainable topic. In the meantime, if you have ideas or comments, you can connect with me at rmarietta at howardcc.edu. You can listen to this and all of our other podcasts at dragondigitalradio.podbeam.com. And you can also catch us on HCC TV and Howard Community College's YouTube channel. Now, don't forget to share the things that you've learned and for the share that we have these podcasts. Give us a like, give us some comments, let other people know how to join us. And above all, help us take care of our world. Because as Freddie says, every small step each of us takes can have a great impact when we all walk together. So thank you all. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.